0: The Golden Stallion, the Man of Tomorrow, Savzu, the Rated R, Radio Star here for, well, I'll tell you, we're actually, once again, it's a car cast. I am not alone. I am with the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Hi! Star Wars it's a non. Car cast! F- a car cast! <laughs> I was going to say Star Wars non-fan extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I'm
1: that stickler. I'm that tough critic, so I'll be the Siskel to your Ebert or the Ebert to your Siskel or whatever. Well, you know, I'll tell you,
0: I'll never forget the review. So we're, we're going to talk about uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Here is yeah, broadcast. we sure are. Um, I remember the review for Return of the Jedi, and Siskel and Ebert. It was their review. I mean, I didn't like. I saw it after the fact. It wasn't something I, because I would only would have been like three, two years old. But um, <laughs> but Siskel. And Ebert loved those movies. The original trilogy, they just loved them. And Siskel, I remember him specifically saying, he says, You know the amazing thing was? When I was watching Return of the Jedi, my head just went in my hands, and I was just like a little kid again. And that that, that was like a really powerful thing for, for a critic, I think, to say. Um, mm. But anyway, Return of the Jedi, just I guess for reference for a lot of people, and I don't know if you want to weigh in on this, Stephanie, um... For personal reference, my favorite Star Wars movie to this day is *Return of the Jedi*. Uh, I completely respect when people say it's *The Empire Strikes Back*. It, like, it's such a tough call, but *Return of the Jedi* has just got that little something extra that that puts it over the top for me as far as being uh, the best Star Wars film. Um, of all time. By comparison, The Empire Strikes Back, I think, is one of the greatest movies of all time. Not just greatest Star Wars, or, you know, not not just Star Wars film, but just one of the greatest films of all time. But just when it comes to Star Wars, Return of the Jedi takes it me. Stephanie, can you say at all, like, do you have an opinion? It's okay if you don't have an opinion on this. But like, is there one in particular you remember watching that was your favorite?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I would agree with you. It's Return of the Jedi. With the Ewoks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right But... <laughs> But I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Well, well I didn't say Return uh,
0: was. I said Empire was, and, and I mean that production-wise, and like, like it's a perfect movie. As in, like, it doesn't have any flaws. No,
1: it's not perfect. Empire Strikes Back. I mean, there's there's gaping plot holes all over the place. No, in not, an
0: not in Not Empire Strikes Back. On its, I'm saying, like, in its own, in microcosm, it's a perfect film. I agree that there's plot because, like, you have, you know, you have blatant incest going on right. in the movie. And yeah. they don't,
1: there's no plan. Oh, we've talked about this so many times. Know, no, right,
0: right. I know, I know. Yeah, so, yeah, I wouldn't say Return of the Jedi is one of the greatest movies ever made. I'd say Empire is, as far as, like, on a production, story, uh, uh, and stylistically, and a lot of, you know, all, all those metrics. Um, but, anyway, that, that that's, that's neither here nor there. But Return of the Jedi is your favorite Star Wars movie. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I guess. Uh, or, you know, yeah, I would say I liked it better than The Last Jedi.
0: Okay. All right, right on. Yeah. So, you liked The Force Awakens, though. You did like The Force Awakens. Yeah.
1: I mean, I liked it more than I expected to like it. Yeah. How okay. about that? So, but so I you just liked wouldn't it. say I liked
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, real quick, uh, before we go further, I do want to give a thank you. This is actually being recorded. And boy, this thing's got a bit of heft to it, a bit of weight. Uh, this is being recorded on my Zoom H6. My, this is the first recording.
1: An awesome machine. I really like it.
0: Yeah, this is a gorgeous device. Uh, I mean, this is really heavy-duty stuff. Um, and somebody really got me the hookup. Like, I have the military-grade case for it and everything that, that people ordered. Um, and, I mean, this is not cheap. This this is, like, this is at a, a high-end This level. is
1: like Agent Sovereign walks into the casino with a briefcase totally think he's gonna take out an Uzi.
0: But
1: he oh, but whoa. he takes or like it's gonna be full of like ten million dollars. Yeah. But he takes out the zoom H six and it looks just as cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean this is a badass piece of machinery here. So anyway, uh so thank you so much to I, I still don't know who the hell did it. Whoever wants to like stand up, I'm happy to give you credit. Hell you could be on the show. Well the real
1: uh,
0: slim shady. Yeah, please stand up. <laughs> so um anyway okay so this is uh of course this is patreon only content here that you're getting uh, my review you'll probably have heard by the time this comes out you'll have heard uh my full review of the last my personal review of the last jedi uh on on cybertech prime which will be out there for free for everybody and that'll I'll also be posting that that section of the show on uh, on youtube as well um uh, so the main thing I want to get out of this recording is a lot of what you feel about about it, Stephanie. Not so much, you know, really what I... Like, I've kind of said my piece, even though in my review of it, I spent a lot of time talking about kind of, like, the surrounding build-up and hype machine around The Last Jedi, even more so than just The Last Jedi. Because I'll say it right here, I thought it was a great movie. Like, I, I thought it was a genuinely great. It is one of the funniest films I've... It might be one of the funniest films I've ever seen.
1: What? Oh, yeah. No, no way. I, mean, th- I completely this, disagree it, with you. Well, hold on. I Are, thought it was a good movie, but you were laughing. I thought, I thought the humor was incredibly childish. You were laughing. I mean, I I giggle at childish jokes sometimes, but I thought it was extremely juvenile. It was the first thought I had about the movie was that oh god, this is such a Disney movie. And yes. So are they all? <laughs> really? Well, you know, to, to point except it, the first three, the original three, the original trilogy were felt like less like a Disney movie to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to a point when when George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney in 2013. He said at that moment, he said, I always thought of Star Wars as Disney movies. And so th- I, I think there's but, a point to that, but however, now. However,
1: George Lucas, the man that never planned ahead so that he could, would even know what was going to happen in his own trilogy, sure. he just started in the fucking middle like he dropped out sure. of the sky. Sure. Uh, of course he would say that because retroactively he's like, Oh, yeah, I wanted Disney to buy me all along. It was all part <laughs> of my plan. But he didn't have a plan. Spoiler alert.
0: Yeah. Uh,. Yeah, so, but, I mean, to your point, yes, I agree that this film definitely felt like a Disney-slash-Marvel movie for the first time uh, out of any of the Star Wars films that have been made so far.
1: Episode 1 didn't feel like a Disney movie to you?
0: No, no. It felt uh, like
1: a kid's movie
0: to me. Yeah, but, I mean, there were very clear... All right, so let me get something else out here. Uh, Spoiler alerts, folks, because, like, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. Like, so, I'll make sure that's that's... Layton in the in the show notes, but yeah, uh, trigger
1: warning. Yes. Content warning. Maybe I'll put it even Spoiler in the title. Warning. I'll
0: have it say spoilers, because there are spoilers. Um I mean, I don't know when exactly it first clicked that this was really a Disney I mean two two things about Star Wars quick. And one of them's a very in my opinion, a very harsh realization. The other is well anyway, the harsh realization is that these really are like Star Wars created, I think, the young adult um, the young adult genre shall we say before young adult movies were a thing. Oh. I mean, like, its characters aren't young adults necessarily. I mean, Ray could kind of, like, fit into that I guess. Mm-hmm. But I think that's partly why Star Wars has always been able to appeal to so many demographics, is because Baseline, you know, it's it's a young adult narrative. I think, and, and I'm not the first person to say this, this has also been commented on by some other people, so for some of it to be a bit childish, perhaps, and things like this, I don't think that that's necessarily um, unfair to claim. Now, when watching this movie, as soon as what the, one of the biggest things to happen, in fact, I want to get your take on this, um, when Leia ends up in space and you think she's dead mm-hmm. and then she uses the force to get back onto the radis, back onto the ship that she got blown away from. Like, she was literally flying like Mary Poppins. Yeah. And, I mean, it was total Mary Poppins. Like, they had yeah. her obviously dressed for that and everything. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of... her. The way she was dressing, I thought, was a little ridiculous. Like, that almost... It almost was like, yeah, we're gonna make her look like a Disney princess instead of a general now. Which was a little annoying. But...
1: There were so many childish things about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go
0: through with all the things I know. Yeah, so but anyway, but let's look. You know, I, I I mentioned I said I thought it was a great movie. And I mean, and I have plenty of critiques, but I still thought I loved it, and I'm going to watch it, like, countless times. I still think it's great.
1: But, I, I was entertained by it, and I liked right. it, but, I mean, I was really just going because you wanted to go, let's yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was, I thought it was, like, a, a decent movie, you know, uh-huh. better than
0: some other movies I've you seen. You enjoyed it? Yeah. Okay, I well, mean, that, that that's a fine rating to say you enjoyed it. Sure. That's okay. Um, but, you know, you're still not, like, you're not sold on Star Wars
1: no, especially now. I mean, I don't think it's going to get any better, either. Like, I think the original three movies were the best that it's ever going to be. Yes. Um, and, I agree And that. it's all just going downhill, and now every... Because there's, they were so popular, and because there's such big expectations about any further movies that come out in the series, or any media that comes out in the series, not just movies, like it always has that expectation, and it can never, it's almost like it can never be as good as your first hit of whatever drug, you know, like, it's just never going to be as good, but yet everyone is still going to go see it anyway, because they have to, they're, they identify as a Star Wars fan, Yeah, yeah. it's part of who they are, they're like, oh, of course I'm going to go see it, you know, even though they know it's never going to top the originals.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're hitting on a very important point, and and I think it's... It's so obvious that they're milking it for all
1: it's Worth. And that just pisses me off. That's why. That's the thing that annoys me most about the new Star Wars films is that just it's just so obvious that they're they're playing off it. They're manipulating people and they're playing on those those heartstrings that they feel for the original movies, and they know that enough people have grown up with it, that they can actually take advantage of them to see whatever movies they come out with, even if those movies, well, they don't have to try too hard. They can be crappy, and people will still see them.
0: Well, and so, as far as, like, milking it, like, I feel like I agree that that's going on, and I think that that, that's where a lot of it feels very much like the the Marvel movies right now, Um, which is which is really annoying, and and these, you know, these films, like The Last Jedi, really felt, even though there were some bold strokes taken as far as production-wise, not so much in changing the Star Wars universe, but certainly in what you didn't expect from the characters and things like this, um, it's still, I think it's a very safe film, like, I I felt it was very safe, but you raise an interesting point, and it's interesting that you say this, as somebody who, you know, I I was the one, I had the honor, and I consider it an honor, to show you the, the original films, you know, for the first time, and someone needs to do some kind of analysis, and you're not the first person to say this, like, much bigger diehard fans have also said the same thing, is that they've come to the realization nothing is ever going to beat those those first three films, and nobody can exactly explain why, some people think it has to do with the time that they came out, like, the you know, just... That well, they were but yes, first come, in the first con- serve. In
1: the context of their time, they were impressive.
0: Right. And and maybe that's what it's all about, or, or whatever it is that, that makes them so amazing. But it's interesting that even you recognize that, seeing them in today. You know, that, okay, those are the magic, and everything else is just kind of like sucking off of that. Right. And it's
1: just, you can never... Live up to the hype, you know. There's just so much hype at this point that it's impossible to beat it. And I just don't like feeling like I'm part of a captive audience. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the the, the the last Jedi was was good. Okay, it was. I would even go so far as to say it was great. If it was a if it was its own movie, I would have been more impressed with it because I wouldn't have had that feeling like I'm part of a captive audience and. You know, I have to sort of start out with this skeptical expectation of like, oh yeah, well, th- you know, they just know that I'm going to go see this movie. So how good could it really be? You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, that uh, feeling colors my whole experience. Of
0: the sure. No, I, I think that that's that's totally that's a totally fair critique. So okay, so how do you feel? How are you feeling overall? Like, I and mean, like, what was your favorite? How about what was your favorite part of the film? Like what was your favorite scene? Let's do that. We'll kind of do like q and A Q&A structure here.
1: Oh my gosh, my favorite part of the film was those little penguin penguin well, chicken porgs. things and and Chewie. Those were
0: great. The porgs were. were that was the cutest thing. <laughs> which is funny because Star Wars fans like apparently they were hating these things. They thought what? they were going to be the new Ewoks or like, And I'm like, no, you know, th- th- this is going to be great. And there were points where even like there was this guy sitting next to us in the theater when we were seeing this right there was this guy sitting next to us and you know real you know just kind of like totally sarcastic and you could just tell kind of like this asshole sort of teenager type or whatever or younger type and there was, was one point where even he just goes oh <laughs> <Because> they were <laughs> just so that. cute yeah you know yeah the porgs were phenomenal i i agree with you there uh, that that was some funny and some cuteness that that they just they totally delivered on.
1: Oh, it was adorable. And I'm glad they had Chewie in there at least for a little bit, you know.
0: Yep, yeah, Chewbacca was he good. He was in
1: there just enough to to make it Star Wars and to add some humor and to say, "Oh, okay, we saw Chewie." But he wasn't like a major plot point or major center. Right. Now, actually expanding on that thing about the porks, I actually think my favorite part of the movie was that whole island that Luke Skywalker was living on it was just gorgeous like oh, I, on to yeah yeah um, and the names of the planets are something that, I've always, <laughs> okay. that I and I spent a lot of time b- busting Brian's balls complaining about but uh we'll talk about I didn't that. know the planet was called oc2 unless you yeah Sorry. exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: God. God, I thought it was Octo, but then i come to find out it's Octoo, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Of course whatever. it is. Of course it is. Yeah, so... Uh,
1: but, I mean, that was just beautiful. I mean, I don't know where they filmed that. Maybe in New Zealand or something? No, like, it
0: was uh, uh, Skelt. It's in Ireland, I think, Scalic Ireland. Island or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, it was just gorgeous, and it was perfect. Um, it was the perfect setting. I wanted to go there, and that's always yeah. a good sign when I find myself saying, oh, I wish I could go there, you know, yeah. <laughs> when I'm watching a movie. That's how you know that that's a scene that's really, a scenery that's really intrigued me. I mean, I like the, the huts, the one that Ray was staying in, the little sweat lodges with the fires and all, everything, and the little meditation rock that was
0: perfectly overlooking the sea and
1: all yeah. the sea creatures. Sure. Oh, it was just really cool.
0: I loved it. I wish they would have explained a lot more, spend a lot more time there. I well, really...
1: that's. I think that's not unique to that planet or that island at all, because that's one of my biggest issues with Star Wars in general. Is that I feel like they don't set, they don't spend nearly enough time setting the scene or characterizing any of the planets, any of the species, and they, there's just there's like these random aliens that pop up that look funny, and everyone's like, oh the, isn't that an interesting looking alien? But nobody ever says, okay, where do they come from? What are they called? What language do they speak? Why do they look like that? You know, nobody ever gives enough background information to make me really care about those aliens besides, oh, they look funny, you know? And same thing with that planet. Okay, why is it like that where is it really located why is, why did Luke Skywalker go there why you know like they just didn't spend who are these caretakers that live there where did the porgs come from where is this little Nessie coming from you know what I mean yeah. why is the force so strong in that island where is why is there a dark side underneath it like nobody ever explains those things and I think if they did explain those things more um it would be a lot more interesting
0: well so and I think that's a fair point um you know, just to give a, a brief history on that. I mean, first of all, you, you like actually the, the caretakers. The race name is like the Lenar or something like that. And but they never
1: said that in the movie. no right
0: right. You have to you have to uh, kind of pay the price of admission for the expanded materials, the tie-in materials, the visual dictionaries, uh, all that different stuff that explain all of it. And or not all of it, but a lot of it. Like you find, like it's amazing those that careta- those caretakers on um, on Aktu, They, you find out that only the women actually are the caretakers that take care of this Jedi village. The oh, men surprise,
1: surprise. are what they
0: call visitors that they're fishing all the time, and they come and they dock there. But the men like don't live there; they they just stay out at sea. And it, it's this really wild. I mean, it's, it, it, it's interesting, but yeah, like. You're right. They never really explain this stuff in the films.
1: You know, and I don't think they can get away with that because, and I'll tell you why, because Star Trek has perhaps even more examples of aliens, alien races and planets, Uh than Star Wars does. But yet, they explain the background so much better. Well, they they have whole...
0: Series to do that
1: with, right? But, yeah. but even if we look at just the movies, like if they introduce a new ant, if they introduce a new species or a new planet, they spend enough time to give proper background on it, and they don't just spring it on you out of nowhere, and uh-huh. you're left wondering, like, what the fuck is this? This thing looks interesting, but what? Nobody told me anything about it. You know, yeah, you're, you're not left feeling lost and swimming like around and sp- floating around in space, like, <laughs> I, like I felt like I was in, in a lot of Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's unfair to say. Um, I think people were... I think people actually, back in, like, the 80s, I think people felt the same way. And they want... They really wanted to know more. And, in fact, there was a a company, West End Games, that came out with a role-playing... A tabletop role-playing game, like Dungeons & Dragons, back in the 80s. And a lot of people don't realize just how big of a deal that was to the popularity and the continued popularity of Star Wars. Because what this role-playing game did was it started filling in all that information that you're talking about. For Ah. for the original trilogy, anyway. Mm -hmm. And people were hungry for it. And people would buy these books even if they didn't play the game, just because they wanted to know more about you know what? Who were these people? Who are the Mon Calamari? Who are all these different races?
1: Well, you know, I can Wars? believe that in the in the eighties. Yeah. But nowadays, people have a short attention span. Uh-huh. If you don't sell somebody on something quick, yeah, they're not going to care. They're just going to move on. They're not yeah. going to seek out the dictionary and extra information and look it up.
0: No, I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a pretty fair point that they don't spend a lot of time with that. And and you know what? And this was actually a critique of the Force Awakens, and I think the same could be made, leveled on the Last Jedi was that, for some reason, like, J.J. Abrams, and, of course, in The Last Jedi, was directed by Ryan Johnson, but, like, they... He, he brought in all these new aliens, and it's like, why not just stick with the old ones? That way you could have some history and some grounding. And it, it was kind of a weird choice, I thought, to bring. I mean, yeah, it's a huge galaxy. That's always the argument that gets, you know, leveled against that, saying, well, why would why does it only have to be Ithorians and all these other people? And it's like, well, because... You, know, you, you want you want to have some commonality in your universe that you're exploring. Um, but anyway, I, I don't think that's unfair. I, I, I get your point. Um, and in fact, yeah, well, anyway, okay, that, that, that's, that's a good point. And so, don't
1: even get me started. Like, you mentioned the Mon Calamari. <laughs> don't even get me started on Not how childish that sounds, right? Okay, you're telling me an alien with a squid for a head is called a Mon Calamari... <laughs> seriously like and where the fuck do they come up with some of these names like two of the names that always get me are Tatooine uh huh and what was the other one you said Hosnian oh uh, Hosnian like, Prime oh yeah. my god okay somebody encountered like a Bosnian person and or, <laughs> or something like that or they were talking about like Hosni Mubarak and they're like Oof. oh I'm gonna call the planet Hosnian <laughs> And they're like, oh, an alien that looks like a squid? Oh, my Calamari. Yeah,
0: right. Uh, well, anyway, when you're a kid, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> right, but when you're an adult, yeah. you're like rolling your eyes. At least I was. <laughs> I was rolling my eyes.
0: Yeah, well, so fair enough. Um, okay, two, so your the favorite... Two, the
1: two pieces of... of kind of ch- childish humor that I thought were the funniest were, uh-huh. one, as I already mentioned, when Chewie is flying this spaceship with one of the Porgs as his mascot, oh, yeah. and it, it gets, like, he takes a sharp turn because he's trying to escape from somebody <laughs> yeah. shooting at him, and the Porg gets flung against the window, and it's like sitting there like, like its
0: mouth is just wide open. Yeah, Like,
1: like flung against <laughs> yeah. the window. It's so cute. And then, my other favorite humor moment was when, uh, Leia is on the bridge of the ship trying to, like, rein in Poe Dameron, like, attacking the, uh, the, uh... The uh, The
0: Dreadnought, yeah. Yeah,
1: the Dreadnought. Um, and, like, it's, it's kind of a tense scene, and everybody's worried about what's going to happen. She's telling him to, like, stand down and, like, come back to the ship, because his his life is in danger and stuff like that, and she looks, she... C-3PO is standing right there, and she goes wipe that nervous look off your face, C-3PO. <laughs> it's so, that was so funny. I
0: like yeah. that one. Carrie Fisher was phenomenal in this. Um, I think, you know, for her last performance, it was a fine one. Um, oh, yeah. Like, Fun. I mean, she really delivered, and, and it was good. Even though I, I didn't feel, uh, this gets back to, well, you got to listen to my review on, on my Sovereign Tech Prime episode. Because I felt like everything they were saying in the media about what was going to be in this film, all of it, none of it like ended up really coming true.
1: Yeah, because like I, I just thought I remembered hearing when Carrie Fisher died in 2016, I thought I remembered hearing, okay, now they have to rewrite some parts of this movie.
0: Well, they have to rewrite 9. Oh, they have to rewrite 9. Yeah, they said they weren't going to do anything with 8, but they did say that there would be some kind of a send-off for her in 8. I didn't see any send-offs No, there was no send-off uh, I mean, it's fine like, I thought
1: maybe when she ended up in space, that was going to be it
0: Yeah, I think they're going to change their mind I think that they're going to Well, right, that doesn't matter what I think Because I think trying to predict what Disney is going to do with this shit is, is a waste of fucking time now um, But
1: Well, the good part for them is They could do anything Because uh, Star Wars has no rhyme or reason There's a lot of opening
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's totally fair so, okay, so your favorite part was, was the ports and, and, yeah The some, island
1: and, and yeah, the joke of
0: Carrie Fisher. Yeah, and, you know, the island, too. Like, I was really hoping to find out some interesting things about, like, the ancient Jedi. And, oh,
1: yeah, and they ended up burning all their sacred texts, so now we'll, we'll never on, know.
0: Well, no, they didn't burn The, the texts were aboard the Falcon. What? Yeah. Oh, it, I missed that yeah, part. Yeah, it was a I, split second where you see it's right at the end of the film. She, uh, I think Ray opens up like a compartment on the Falcon, uh-huh. and Luke must have put the, must have snuck the books on there or something. Oh,
1: okay. Well, that was a key moment that I somehow missed. That's yeah, somehow yeah. I missed but, that. but
0: but ugh, yeah. that that was just so. All of there's there's so much. They just threw away so much with all that. Anyway, it, it was... Because it was, I loved that island, too. I thought it was beautiful. It's a great locale. And to just use the locale is largely like a humor thing and all that. Which the humor hit, I thought. Um, that, that just seemed like a waste. You could have really done some amazing things there, but...
1: Yeah, and the other thing is why are the Jedi sacred texts in the form of paper books in this supposedly
0: technologically advanced well, world but, well well the why thing, isn't there a copy somewhere because I mean the stuff's thousands of years old you know right but are you telling well, me they've never been digitized well, well they probably were but they were well see you didn't you didn't get you didn't see episode like, two and three where they showed the Jedi archives and everything. They, they would have been digitized, but they're gone. Like, Palpatine, wow. the Sith, destroyed a lot of that stuff. Okay. Uh, even like the though... Library of Alexandria. Yeah, even though in the comic books, Jocasta New right now, in the Darth Vader comic, the, the second volume that's running, Jocasta New might have saved some of it, but that's a whole other story. So, um... Anyway, you know, actually I didn't think about this until you said it, but there's an interesting message to be had there that, you know, kinda having like these secret hidden paper copies laying around somewhere is uh, is pretty important. But anyway, regardless. So um, how about what was your what was your most disliked scene of, of the film or, or moment or thing that oh, didn't you like? Well
1: oh gosh. I I disliked a lot of scenes. Um, I thought the scenes on the bridge of the dreadnought were just so over the the captain, Captain Hux
0: Oh, General Hux, yeah. Yeah,
1: General Hux was just like I get it they were trying to make him seem like an asshole and just yeah. like that he was tripping all over himself and he thought he was so self important but he was actually just a fucking fool and they it was like okay we got it right like they just hammered that so hard and it ended up seeming really childish that was to me what made it seem like a Disney movie because they were making him into such an over the
0: top bumbling villain you know which he wasn't exactly in the force awakens so there was kind of a shift yeah uh, Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, I had said, or, you know, I feel that this this border, this movie did border. It was hilarious, but it did border on almost getting too funny.
1: Yeah, that was more like slapstick. Yeah, yeah. That was just slapstick. Sure. And also, I never, like, I never got why Snoke was such a bad guy. Yep. Right? And they they killed him off in a very unceremonious way, showing that now Kylo Ren is going to be the main bad guy you got to worry about right yep but like snoke they never really built up to say why like who was he right how did he get that powerful how did he pay for this extravagant spaceship you know like how like they never characterized him either and that uh definitely felt like something was missing for me
0: yeah, this is another area where... And what is his
1: motivation? Why does he want to squash the Resistance, right? Right. Why can't he just let ignore
0: them? Right. Yeah, this is an area where um, I feel like... It's another Marvel like trope with Marvel movies where they never develop the villains.
1: Yeah, it's uh, just like, oh, trust us, he's a bad guy. Yeah, and, and
0: pe- move on, you know? Right, and people are saying like, Oh, I thought killing him off was a good idea because we were never really sold on him anyway. You, they
1: never tried. Well, yeah, exactly. They, they never ne- tried. Sell us. Try try to sell us. Yeah. Don't be so lazy. You I know? mean, they
0: didn't even try. Like, not even close. They. I mean, count up the amount of screen time that he had. And then, right. and you know what's funny is, is people are saying, well, but how much did you really know about the emperor? And it's like, well, you knew enough. You saw his fucking empire. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, that, that was... That right. was enough to, to, to let you know, okay, oh, and this guy's Darth, serious.
1: and Darth Vader is like an iconic villain. Right, right. He was built up enough yeah. to, to make people hate him and make him into a villain. Like, you really got to make people hate a villain. Yeah. And Snoke, it was just like, meh, who cares? You know, like, nobody can, They didn't give us enough to be interested in him
0: at all. Yes,
1: right. So why even have him? Even if you're going to kill him off. Yeah. Why even have him?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree.
1: Everything in a movie should be done on purpose, and that just felt like it was thrown in there, and it really didn't have a purpose.
0: Yeah, there's something very odd. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't... Well, anyway. Um, yeah, so Snoke was kind of purposeless. Um Hux, you know, Go ahead.
1: One more thing I liked. I liked the telepathy scenes between Rey and Kylo Ren. I thought they were well done. Like, I really liked it's the... interesting. I liked the voice effect... It was like, okay, that's exactly how I would imagine somebody would sound if you're talking to them through your mind, you know? Right. And I liked that they were both like, what are you doing
0: here? Kind of like, you know, you why know, are we talking to each other right now? That's interesting that you like that. I Maybe other people did. My, my first thought of it, and maybe I need to see the movie again. I actually, I thought, not that the power was that weird, like their ability to do that. Because you kind of get hints that that sort of thing can happen anyway in previous movies. Um, I thought they should have had like some kind of like a, like a ethereal presence. Mm-hmm. All they really did was just look at the camera.
1: Right. Like, yeah. And 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 yeah, like like they would maybe cut they were skipping on the CGI or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought that was a good, like, creative, low-budget way to do it.
0: Well, if it was, yeah. Well, that's the <laughs> or thing. Or
1: subtles, anyway. Yeah,
0: so. that's the thing. If this was like, if this wasn't Star Wars, I would have thought that would have been clever, you know. But right. since it's Star Wars, yeah. Then um, what do they need to have a low-budget way of doing it for? Right. Yeah. Like, there's there's no budget constraints on making a Star Wars movie. No? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's true. So well, you know, the other thing that's kind of along that vein is like. When Yoda came back to Luke, I was confused about whether he was there. I I said to Brian, didn't Yoda die? Like, how is he coming back? And Brian said, yeah, well, he came back as a Force ghost, but that wasn't clear because
0: he wasn't blue enough. And he wasn't blue at all! Yeah, all he had was an outlining of blue. I thought that was a failure. It should have looked like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right, in Return of the Jedi. When you see him, uh, I mean, he's like blue. Yes, like it is very clear. It was clear that that was not the living in the flesh Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I yeah actually I I agree they dropped the ball on that. That was I mean they brought Frank Oz back to voice it. That was great uh, to you know to voice Yoda, but um, but they really did drop the ball in that effect. In fact, I even said to you, I was like I I almost felt like they actually pulled the old puppet out of mothballs from the eighties, <laughs> you know, uh, of Yoda to to do that because it. It looked very real, like, it looked like a puppet. Yeah. You know, it didn't look like CGI, but they really should have, they should have amped the ghost effect a lot more. Um, Maybe what'll happen in the future is, you know, when these things come out on Blu-ray or whatever, they can make little changes. Maybe they'll do that. I don't know. Maybe. Um,
1: You know, another thing um, I didn't like was that it had this feeling to me, like, I could, I'm not a, a super fan, and I was having enough trouble just following the plot to, like, be reading between the lines too much, but sure. I was left, I couldn't help being left with this impression that they were purposely, deliberately trying to transition away from the old actors from the original series and hand the Torch down to the new actors, like Ray and Ken yep. Finn and Rose, the new character and yep. the new animated characters and CGI characters and this Admiral and um, and obviously they're going to do that, right? Because people are going to start dying. Like they didn't know Carrie Fisher was going to die. I agree, but but to me, I was thinking, I just couldn't be help. I couldn't help feeling like I was left with the impression that they were doing it because they wanted to get some new blood in there because they they don't want to deal with like paying the old actors. <laughs> and, like they're like, okay, these people are getting too big for their britches. We're just gonna, you know. Get these new unknown talent in and kind of like undercut them. Sure, I mean, admittedly, and Disney totally does that to their actors.
0: Yeah, admittedly, allegedly, Harrison Ford <laughs> like wanted out. I, I don't. Yeah, I like he's one that he was happy to, to, to get killed, uh-huh. you know, and move on. Like I, I, I almost guarantee that uh so, but yeah i I think Disney certainly is happy to bring in a lot of fresh blood yeah people that they have under interesting contracts and whatever else. So
1: I was almost wondering about Mark Hamill like did what was going on with Luke the character of Luke like kind of reflect his own reluctance to like participate to come back to
0: participate in the movies. Yeah, I don't th- I, you know the only thing that stands against that is he came out a, a couple months ago saying he can't believe the direction that or a few months ago. The direction that Ryan Johnson was taking the character in, and he didn't agree with it. Like he didn't like it. Oh, so wow. yeah. yeah, I think, and and honestly, to some degree, I, I can understand. I'm 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 at I'm at this point where I'm siding with Mark Hamill uh, yeah. on that because I wanted Luke to be. I mean, I know it's my own personal preference. Mm-hmm. I wanted Luke to be something else, but
1: yeah. Oh, by the way, let's talk about that death scene of Luke.
0: Okay, that let's was talk about so it. Whoa
1: dumb. Spoilers. He just disappeared. (laughs) Like, it wasn't even clear to me that he died. Yeah. Like, it was great that when he gets shot at and stuff, he's not really standing there. He's just making himself appear to Kylo Ren, and he's making, he's fooling him. And that was great, but then, it's like, you see him on that rock, and he's, like, concentrating on his meditation, and he's staggering around, because it took so much energy. But then he's just, like, poof, and his jacket blows away, and then that's that. And it's like, what
0: just happened? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, so he makes the, he, there's one, there's a very important line I think that Luke gives on crate when they're on crate. He says, what's a crate? That's the, uh, the, the planet with all the salt.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that battle. was beautiful. I liked how they did that. Yeah, too, it was gorgeous. With the red
0: every time something. Yes. The print, the red underneath. That was underneath, really yeah. cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he says, "He says none of us are ever really gone."
1: Yes, and, I thought that was pretty purposeful. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I think that that's that's like saying, "Well, you know, don't 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 bother thinking anybody's dead. We'll always come back." and And that's kind of annoying because that's very comic booky. Like that's very, you know, that that's that's a little too Marvel for my taste. Yeah, um,
1: I, it would have been more epic if Carrie Fisher had said that.
0: Yes, actually, wow, that you're. Boy, I just got chills when you said that. You're right.
1: Right. Because um, that's what everybody was thinking. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost
1: like I felt like people were almost tearing up a little bit when he said that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I had, I had some close moments. You know, anytime she. Was I know.
1: On screen, I reached frankly. over and held your hand. Yeah,
0: because that was that was rough. Oh. Um, so. Yeah. All right. So I, I get that. I thought the death of Luke, the, the way they, the way he was done, was kind of, kind of cheap.
1: Yeah. Um, it was all just. It's very magical. That's another thing that made it feel so Disney to me. Mm-hmm. It was just there was so it's, it relied so heavily on magic. Sure. And speaking of that, this was the first movie where I've really heard the Force described as a religion. And Luke says that early in the film. He says it's a religion. Which was surprising. It, it stood out to me. It was like, oh, they never said that before, really.
0: Yeah, which that's kind of the first time. Yeah, I think outside of A New Hope, where because like Tarkin says it in A New Hope, but that's really the only time you ever get that kind of like sense that it's a religion. Um, and yeah, that, that was interesting. And part of that has to do with Disney has definitely been spending a lot of time in tie-in material saying that, okay, there's a lot of Force users in the universe, they just, they're not all Jedi or Sith, like, there's different, um, like, there's a species out there that calls it the Tide instead of the Force. Um, there, there's a lot of this different stuff. So, yeah, that falls in, in line with that, and I think that, I agree, I thought that was kind of uh, kind of interesting. And, yeah, but, I mean, things like that, it would have been great if they would have explored a little bit more of it, because, like, there's, there's like, this little, there's this little pool on, when they're on Octu uh-huh. that you keep looking at it it's like, well, what's in this pool? And because every time they show it it's it's actually upside down uh-huh. the way you're viewing it, you can't see what it actually is, but supposedly in this little pool it looks almost like a yin and a yang but it's really um...
1: Oh, that, that mosaic
0: thing. Yeah, the little mosaic. Yeah. It's actually more like a Buddha style. Like, there's a, it's, it's, there's a person. When you have it right side up, it looks like a person in like a, you know, uh, um, like a meditation pose. Oh. And supposedly that's Jedi Prime. Who was like the first Jedi or something? Oh, in the Citadel. Jesus. <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if they explained that? If they talked about that? Say, oh, this is the first Jedi. This is blah blah blah. Yes, it and would have been so
1: easy to have Luke explain that. Yeah, but, it would have be great?
0: And you get nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and I that that kind of disappointed me. Yep. But um, okay, so we got we got what you didn't like. How did you feel about Canto Bite? What's Canto? That's Bight? the casino. Planet, so it's oh. that forgettable.
1: Um, well, I didn't know the name of it.
0: Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I thought it was forgettable.
1: <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> so, um, again, that was one of those scenes where I almost felt like it was a callback to that bar scene with Jabba the Hutt's oh, um, bar.
0: sure. Or like in Mosaisley in the first one. Yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, and I, I really thought that that was. I felt that that was a milking thing, where they were ch- deliberately trying to remind people of that. And there were so many aliens in that scene, where it was like, "What the fuck are these aliens? Where did they come from? Who yeah. are they? Like, why do they look like that?" Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, one of the funny things, maybe I just have Bitcoin on the brain, but like with BB8, where there were there was a scene where some alien goes up to him, and he's in the casino, and or it's in the casino, and. This alien is thinks it's a slot machine or a game, and he's trying to put coins in in DV8, yeah. and the coins look like casacious bitcoins (laughs) and bb-8 sort of has that orange coloration and those little like spikes and if you look at bb-8 fast it almost looks like it could be a bitcoin symbol on him (laughs) and i I kept thinking like oh my god it's like a bitcoin robot and someone's putting casacious coins and then later he saves the day by like spitting out the coins at somebody else Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah so and then of course they had to get a jab in at the evil um, you know, capitalists right? Like, Well, it
0: was a very eat the rich
1: scene. Yeah. The, the whole thing it was, it was kind of out of place. Right, they were saying, oh, well the only industry that makes people this rich is war profiteering and these people are so evil, and Rose goes through this whole thing about how me and my sister grew up on this poor mining planet, and they took everything we had, and then they're abusing the horses, and they're abusing the kids. You know, they're doing child labor. It's like every trope about capitalism, right? And then there's, meanwhile, there's these people drinking expensive drinks in the casino and <laughs> rolling their craps, and you know, like looking all <laughs> looking all hoity-toity, and uh, they have, don't have a care in the world, and they, meanwhile, they're bliss. Unaware that the horses are down there being shocked with electric things and they've got scars on their ne- and it was just so like it was so that was another thing that felt childish and juvenile to me uh-huh. it's like you might as well have like a Mr. Monopoly man you know like stereotype of a capitalist right like well they almost did yeah I mean, basically that's what it was yeah that's exactly what it was um, I liked those horse things like the the scenes where those horses
0: father's were- yeah
1: Okay, see, I wouldn't have known that that's what they were called. But... Well, they at
0: least said what those were in the movie. Like, uh-huh. they never mentioned that the porgs are Borgs. They never mentioned... Like, they. there's so many things they didn't give a name to. Mm-hmm. The Fathiers were one of them that they did. But oh, yes, go ahead. well, speaking of things they didn't give a name to, uh-huh. Benicio Del Toro... Well, okay, so funny
1: is the character that they meet in the jail when uh, Rose and Finn get arrested for a supposed parking violation. Oh, another ANCAP trope, right? Park, they, yeah. they get arrested because they're accused of a parking violation for parking their starship on the beach
0: or something. Yeah, but I think that would actually happen in an ANCAP future. like.
1: like right, but it's a trope anyway. Oh, sure, right? sure. It's like, oh, officer, arrest these people. They're not respecting my private property. <laughs> and the officer's like, yes, sir, we care about private property around here. We take this very seriously. Let's throw these motherfuckers in jail. And then they get thrown in there with Benicio Del Toro. And well, he was great. He gave a great performance. Yes. Um, and he was able to sneak them on. He was able to be this sketchy codebreaker hacker dude that was able to sneak them on to the dreadnought. And Finn knew his way around. And he, and he was... Uh, he was very resourceful in that way, and they even showed a little humanity by him giving the the yin yang necklace back to uh, Rose. That was her, her sister's. Lights. Oh, thank you. So yeah. Lights the, camera action. Lights camera action. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, t- but the thing is. They never characterized him. He didn't even have a fucking name! Well, the thing is... Why was he in jail? How did he get all these hacking skills? What is his motivation? Why is he such a gray hat person? You know, like, he's just out for himself. What happened to him to make him that way? Nobody knows, because they never characterized him.
0: Yeah, I... So, I agree. I agree with you. Um, This is is another instance where, like, the tie-in material... And not just the tie-in material, but also the press releases and things like this over the past few months. Not just recently, but over the past few months. Like, so, th- all, all we knew of Benicio Del Toro's character for the past year was that he's his character named DJ. And, or not, that not, we didn't even know that it was his name. That They just said they that's the initials that they labeled it as. Okay. And they said he's this classic man in black, whatever. I mean, sadly, this character, I agree with you, the character was great. Uh, total egoist, you know, he has the best line, in my opinion, of the movie, I don't know if you agree, where he says, live free, don't join.
1: Yes. Okay. That was a
0: great line. Yeah, me. that was I awesome. Like, that like, that's that's my new motto in life. Uh, <laughs> and so this character, now they are going to release a comic book of him next month, in January 2018. Okay, like, that's like great, shot. but by
1: then I don't care.
0: Right. Okay. I'm just like sour that they never characterized him in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so So in the visual dictionary, again, you're not, I understand. I totally get your point. You don't care. You don't want to read that, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Um, but you find out that DJ is just his name, or at least that's the name that he runs by. And DJ actually stands for don't join.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool. And even his hat, he has that
0: hat with like a little, um, like writing on it, Uh on, on like this metal plate. And supposedly the writing on that hat says, means don't join. Uh, it's a little over the top, but I guess that's, that's the score, but I agree with you, this is where, this is where, this is what I talk about in my full review, is that, like, I mean, because that character, sadly, was only in it for all of, like, 10 minutes, not even, you know, that's the amount of, I mean, his, his actual screen time is even less, um, and, like, even, like, the ship that they steal is called the Libertine. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's great. It's called the Libertine. You know, live free, don't join. This is awesome messages that you're getting out there, right? Mm-hmm. And But you, but it's, it's practically nothing. And, like you said, you get no explanation. You have no idea why this guy is there. I mean, you get nothing.
1: Yeah, and you end up disliking him because he ends up selling out Rosenfinn.
0: Yeah, when maybe, if you had a little more character development, you'd have some more understanding behind that. Right. Because oh, and they, he stutters. Why does he stutter? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they really... I feel like they were hyping him up, and then they dropped the ball on this guy. Yeah, they did drop the ball. And and it was it, it, it very... But, I mean, great performance by Benicio Del Toro. Oh, that guy's great. amazing. He's awesome. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Um, so, the, yeah, that was... DJ was definitely one of the highlights of that movie. Like, like easily. He, yep. he was... And... That almost makes the Canto bite scene worth it, mm-hmm. because that's how you get him, but, oh man, was, yeah, that was something else. So, uh, so the Fathers, so you, you liked them, you thought that those animals were pretty cool. Oh, they you know? were
1: extremely sweet, you know. All the animals that they have in Star Wars pretty much make you think, oh, I, I should really be a vegetarian. So cute. If these things were around and this was the only source of food, I would definitely have to be a veggie. Yeah, because you can't eat them. Yeah. <laughs> Even Chewy can't eat them after you see those boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's about to bite into one, and then they're looking at him like. Meow.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, do you have any? Do you have any other kind of comments? Anything else that you can think of that you wanted to get out um, about the film? Or about Star Wars in general. I have one last question, but... Uh, you know, I you have...
1: Wanna... Yeah, I do have a couple comments. Sure, go um, for it. I thought it was interesting how um, twice the Rebels utilized the tactic of suicide bombing in order to get strategic advantages... <laughs> And yes, I know that's been done in Star Wars before, but with the political context now, I'm just surprised that Dis- Disney would show suicide bombing as like a bo- as a positive thing, you know, and the good guy on the good guys. side. Sure, sure. Um, and the two times were when uh, Rose's sister was dropping those bombs on the dreadnought, uh-huh. and she accomplished,
0: you know, bombing it.
1: And the second time was when that admiral uh, flew the starship into the other
0: Dreadnought. Oh man, that was a hell of a scene. You know, I forgot to mention that in my full review. I I get what you're saying. One could argue that they were defending themselves by destroying the Dreadnought. Uh Uh-huh. Both times that they were, like, really justifiably defending themselves. One could make that argument. But the tactics of, like, a lot of the small-time guerrilla tactics are definitely a major part of the Resistance, or what is now, I think now they're officially calling it the Rebellion again. Right, okay. Um, So... Yeah, I, I think that that is interesting that they kind of allow for that, and you know, you don't think about it because they're the good guys,
1: right? And because it's Star Wars, but right. but like, were they trying to send some kind of message with that? I mean, I just thought it was sure. like an interesting seed to plant in the minds of children of like, oh, you know, sometimes rebels that they, they they have to use guerrilla tactics, you know. But yeah. <laughs> what about the U.S. Empire, right? <laughs> what yeah.
0: about the people who use guerrilla tactics against them in the Middle East? You no, know? yeah no absolutely so but I gotta say when when and Holdo takes the Radis and puts it into hyperspace and just cuts through the entire first order fleet like they, they, they made that was a brilliant direct direction move to have everything just go to total silence. A direction move by the way, originally more or less pioneered by George Lucas. In Attack of the Clones, which supposedly everybody hates, mm. um, sorry, he completely copied him, uh, and I thought that that was—I mean, that was like everybody. I think in the theater was just like whoa. You yeah, know? I, I mean, actually
1: like, heard some people go whoa. Yeah, like
0: like hand to mouth because <laughs> yeah. it, it was
1: yeah that, that was, was so wild. That was stunning. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, the move itself, I feel almost like I saw that in Star Trek Discovery, you know. We just where somebody flies their ship into the Klingon ship. Oh, sure, sure, that's
0: been done many, yeah, many times. Done a lot, Um, but that was that was particularly epic. I think. Um, I mean, just what a what a brilliant brilliant shot. Uh, Okay, so yeah, the terrorist aspects of it, sure, that's very interesting. What else? That was interesting. Um, So, um,
1: I don't know if we talked about this, but. Like Rey's parents, oh, yeah. and Kylo Ren, like claiming to know what her parents were about. Yeah. How does he know?
0: Oh, so a lot and why pe- does she believe him? A lot of people have been asking this. I thought that the movie explained that uh, that that like uh, Snoke, when he's the one that created the bridge between their minds, yeah, and that he saw it when she was doing her bullshit in that dark side cave. That or that uh oh. that, that Kylo saw it there. However, even if that's how that worked out, you know, maybe Snoke did something to confuse what the truth what the reality was around her parentage. Uh-huh. Or maybe they saw bullshit. You know, like I mean I, I think Yeah, I, I don't think she has any reason to actually believe Kylo, mm-hmm. and and I think they'd be easy enough for them to completely change this around to where that's not what's going on. Right. I think in The Force Awakens, I mean, you're hitting on a very powerful point. In The Force Awakens, there were a lot of mysteries built up. Yeah. That that was
1: anticlimactic in
0: this movie. Yeah, so any any relation, really, I felt like any relation in this movie to The Force Awakens, any, any relative uh, um, material or content came off as anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like The Force Awakens set is a I think is a better movie than this one. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think it is. Mm-hmm. But The Force Awakens is cheapened heavily by and the effect of The Force Awakens is cheapened heavily by the realiza- the supposed realizations of this film. Mm-hmm. The killing of Snoke, the lack of training on on to the um uh, you know, Luke tossing the lightsaber. Right. Uh, Ray's parents being just simple junk traders, supposedly. Yeah. All of that stuff that, that completely cheapened the entire setup of The Force Awakens. And it makes it very hard for me to believe that that means that's what J.J. Abrams had in mind. Like, that that this was the plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's the thing. This is episode 8 of a supposed trilogy of trilogies, but you didn't get the sense that we were nearing a resolution at all. There was nothing that tied everything together. It just seems like, okay, this is going to just go on forever in this pointless fight between the light and the dark, and there's going to be new players, but it's the same game. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get the sense that we were even close to wrapping anything up, and that's exactly what Disney wants because they want to keep making Episode 10, 11, 12, and just milking this for fucking ever. And people are gonna run
0: out of patience eventually. Yeah, I mean, well, that's yeah. Eventually, you gotta pay off. You, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta get, you know, you gotta pay. Right. All this tease.
1: Episode eight you have should the be questions. The, the um you know, in the plot of a book or a movie, there's like the build up, build up, build up, and then at the end, you know, usually right before the last couple chapters, there's you're you're almost at the climax, right? So you're at the point of extreme tension. Right. And then maybe even the climax starts and then the last chapter is the resolution. Right. It's like an orgasm, right? Yep, you're sure. building up, you're building right. up, there's a lot of tension before the climax. And then, ah, the resolution where we tie up all the loose ends. Right. Well, you didn't get the sense that you were near the climax at all in this movie.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I actually, I, I, I really agree with that. I think that's, that's a solid point to it bring up. It feels like
1: you're still in the middle.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, like episode nine... Has a lot of work to do. I, I, I agree with you. I think that there's... A, like, J.J.'s got his work cut out for him. J.J. Abrams is coming back to put this one together. And, you know, I don't know what this is going to end up looking like. Because, really, the only enemy you actually have seems to be Kylo Ren. And... Yeah. It, you, you still... You know, you, you didn't get... I don't think you got enough First Order in this movie. Like, explain to us. Like, show us more. Like, like the Empire, you got a sense... Of just how much empire there is, how much, you know, kind of its reach and its power and all that. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel like you have a really great target to look at. And yeah, uh, you know, go into episode nine,
1: you know, the plot that you were speculating about when we were having dinner before the movie started, yeah, I actually liked better than the real plot of the movie, what did which I was say? the one that you were speculating about was maybe there. This is what Brian was envisioning, okay? Well, I love this mind. They should hire him to write the next Thank movie, you. by the way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Brian goes, I think in this movie, you're going to find out that there's actually something that's worse than the Empire out in the deep reaches of uncharted space, and it's going to be so bad that the basically the Empire and the Rebels are going to have to join forces together and there's going to be gray Jedis that aren't good or bad and black or white and they're going to have to join forces against this thing that's going to be like the Borg. That's this unbeatable, horrible enemy that no one saw coming and no one imagined. And, and then you're going to find out that, well, it isn't really as simple as light or dark or black and white because you're going to have the introduction of sort of gray Jedis. And I thought that would be a wonderful plot for a movie. I would have probably liked it better than this
0: one. <laughs> yeah, so, same. Thank you. So, like, But I based all of that, that plot line, on hints that have been dropped mm-hmm. throughout tie-in material mm-hmm. and everything that's been going on since Disney took over. Because they've been hinting that there's stuff out in the Unknown Regions. They've been hinting at all these different things. And, yeah, I mean, if you don't pay it off that, that that's what's coming in Episode 8... You've got to explain that out of nowhere in Episode right. 9, mm-hmm. and then you have to resolve
1: that conflict? Right. Yeah.
0: Obviously, I mean, one more movie is not going to do the no. trick. There's obviously
1: going to go 10, 11, 12, 13, you gotta fucking do do forever. you got to do something. I don't <laughs> know.
0: But but that that sucks, because... They're just going to come out with a new movie every Christmas. Yeah. Well, because what, what, what's sad about it is one of the strengths of the original trilogy is you felt like you got finality at the end. Like, Return of the Jedi, you could stop it there, and that's fine.
1: Yeah, they probably should have stopped there. Yeah, I mean, they it's like, it's like okay, yeah,
0: everybody's singing Celebrate the Love, we're done. Like, that's, that's great. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I this is going to be a real challenge. Um, I think you're raising excellent, excellent points. I like this outsider kind of perspective that Thanks. you're bringing in. Well,
1: this it. is why I don't like Star Wars, because I feel like I'm constantly being toyed with. I feel like I'm part of a co- captive audience, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm supposed to just... I feel like my like for the original trilogy is just supposed to carry me through no matter what the fuck they decide to do. And I don't like that. I feel like I'm in a relationship where I'm being taken for granted as a fan. And I don't like that. And I also just, what, nobody ever answers the question, what is the fucking point of it all? Well I what is the point? And it's just it could just go on forever. Yeah. In this pointless conflict that nobody explains why it's going on or what's the background or why it's important and they have all these weird characters that they really don't sell you on and it just kinda goes on forever and just bleh. You know? Yeah. That's why I don't like Star Wars, because of those
0: feelings that I get. Yeah, and I think that's a great question that a lot of people probably can't exactly answer. And usually what they do is the the answer that they commonly give well, it's, uh, you know, the, I don't know. The hero's journey. Yeah, it's the hero's journey. It's this classic story, and so that's why it appeals to so many people. Okay, maybe it was the hero's journey
1: the first time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But how long is this journey going to go on? No, I know, I know, I know. My, My answer straight up is just. It's just cool. Like, it just... It hits a lot of cool buttons that science fiction never really hit before. hmm You know, that's the thing, is that science fiction never really did something that was, like, sleek and even sexy and cool. And you, you just never got that. Uh, you know, until Star Wars, you know, made that, that, that concept a reality.
1: Okay, well, one, in response to that... Disney is the least sexy production company.
0: <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. You know, like, no, and they no, are I'm going to the, guarantee... with the ori- Yeah, I'm saying with the original trilogy, but yeah, keep going.
1: Well, yeah, okay, I can see that, but at the same... And I know you're referring to just, like, the aesthetic of the whole movie yeah. that you thought was sexy, but it also had problems, I mean, the rapey kisses between... Leia and Han Solo, where she's like, Ew, get off of me, I don't like you, and he kisses her and she likes it. Sure. Right? Like, that fucked up every little boy and every little girl that saw it. Sure, fair, (laughs) fair. And, yeah, uh, and I mean people thinking of it as a sexy movie doesn't help with that. Um, Also, yeah, Disney is going to ensure that it's always PG-13 and it's always appropriate for kids or young adults at most and it never goes beyond kisses or heck, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I thought it would have been great. There were a few times in the movie, um, Somebody said, "I hate this ship" or something like that, and I thought they were saying, "I hate this shit." And I, I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I realized that they said, "I hate this ship," yeah. but I, I was like, "Oh my god!" It would have been so much better if he had actually said, "I hate this shit." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, this is and, and right and this is what I why I always bring up. I said I say that Star Trek is objectively superior to Star Wars yes. because it can it's willing to explore. All those other aspects of the human condition mm. that Star Wars is just never going to touch, and it sure as fuck isn't going to touch it with Disney in charge. Um, so, yeah. All right. So then, my last question will wrap this up. Um, what? Are, I mean, are you are you in any way excited for Episode Nine? Are you looking forward to seeing it? Do you want to see it? Um. Give me
1: not looking forward to it because I feel like we're just going to be left with more questions than Uh answers. There is definitely going to be more material beyond episode 9. Who knows when the fuck it's going to end? It's never going to end. (laughs) And we're just going to continue being strung along like a little cat with a little toy on the end of a string. And I don't Look forward to that feeling. <laughs>
0: sure, sure, fair I'm enough. I'm kind of
1: curious to see what the fuck they do with it because we're like, really, but it's like a morbid curiosity. Where could they possibly right? go from here, <laughs> right? It's that's the that's the only reason I'm curious about it. Is like, okay, how the fuck do they think they're gonna pull off the next episode? What what are they actually gonna do?
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I know
1: they're not going to bring it to a resolution that's satisfactory, but what the fuck are they going to do?
0: <laughs> no, fair, fair. I yeah, absolutely. So obviously, we will be seeing it. Um,
1: it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what else are you going to do on Christmas, really? Well, now they're coming out in May. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, and in fact, you don't. Re- I don't think you realize this right now. Mm-hmm. We we are doing this all over again in five months
1: <laughs> no! because the Han
0: Solo movie is coming out. In May of this year. Now or, why of, or of 2018.
1: Now why did they do that?
0: They... They say they want... So, Rick, May used to be the month for Star Wars. Like, May uh. used to be the original, like, release month. Like, okay. the first one came out in May of 77. Um... And you know May and like you have May the Fourth, right? And, oh, and May the Fourth and, be with you. Yeah, and May the Fifth. You know those are like the Star Wars days. So they want to get back to that. So in twenty eighteen, we're going to get the solo movie, the Han, the Han Solo movie, in May. So we've got five months till we see another.
1: Okay, and do they have a release date for Episode
0: Nine? Yes, uh, and I think that's going to be May of twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. So you know we'll have a bit of a wait on that. But well
1: not as long as it wait not two years it's more like a year and a half
0: yeah I at least I think it's gonna be made for that okay so so go ahead
1: yeah I don't know like just every movie every side tangent they take every movie they release a year later I don't know I feel like it cheapens it a little bit and it diminishes the impact people are like oh yeah new Star Wars movies so what they come out every year.
0: You know. Eventually, I think people will will really start feeling that way, mm-hmm. and I I think Kathleen Kennedy, who's the head of Lucasfilm under Disney, mm-hmm. uh, is aware of that. Mm-hmm. Like like that that there's going to be like you might get to this point of fate. I mean, you know, the Marvel movies have been going for like shy of a decade, and they haven't slowed down, and they're still you know selling doing crazy money with every release that they come out with. Oh, and everybody so, hates
1: those movies. Well,
0: <laughs> it they feels get like... They are very that. good reviews. No, well, yeah, I mean, critics aren't always the biggest fans of them. I hate them. Like, I'm tired of them. <laughs> uh, but, I, though I am excited for Black Panther, I do want to see that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's for whole other reasons. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that apparently love this shit, and I don't get it, but okay just like i think a lot of people maybe don't get why some like love star wars
1: so it feel, you know what it feels like to me what's that? i'll give you a sex metaphor okay ladies do you ever turn on your vibrator and think you know i'd like to have some orgasms so you start putting it on your clit you have your first orgasm you're like oh that felt good i want another one so then you put it on again, and you're like, oh, God damn it, I'm having trouble. And then you turn it up one notch, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you have another one. And you're like, you know what, I want to have a third one. And then you're like, oh, this isn't going very well, but my pussy's really tired. And so you crank it up to the highest setting, and then you still have trouble coming. That's what it feels like!
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Well, I it don't... feels
1: like they're having to constantly raise the stimulation threshold to get a yeah. response from people
0: well I don't think I can top that so there it is <laughs> Star Wars is like Star-level masturbation Star Wars is
1: like a, yeah. like, a, <laughs> like a like a vibrator that's increasingly not doing the trick yeah
0: <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, well, anyway, Stephanie, thank you so much. Of course, obviously, I love you for you know going with me and
1: uh, for experiencing. Well, you no, know, I will. I will say this: it's always fun to go on a movie date with you, Brian. And right I on. love you, and I love hanging out with you, and I'll gladly do it again.
0: Thank you. So yeah, because we're doing movies this. you want to see. Well, we're doing it definitely in five months. So all you know, right. Be some stuff in between. Up. So get uh, your tickets now. Woo! Um, <laughs> yeah, boy, they should be on sale pretty soon, actually. So all right, uh, that's it for for this little Patreon. Content. Uh, Actually, not little. It's over an hour. And, um, of course, if you want to hear the full review that I did, uh, which is also well over an hour... Um, on Sovereign Tech Prime just listen I think it was episode 256 if you want to hear that um, the whole second half of the show I dedicated to reviewing Star Wars I do that every time a Star Wars movie comes out so if you want to check that out go for it and of course there'll be a Star Wars update coming out for December uh, 2017 where I'll probably address some other things you can ask questions if you want um, about Star Wars and I, I might address them in that show uh, and then the uh, you know, we'll, well, we'll go see how things go from there and, and, and figure it all out. So, but bottom line is, I mean, Stephanie, you enjoyed the Last Jedi. Um, I thought it was a great movie, even though I have my my issues that kind of exist outside of it. Uh, but uh, there you go. So, I, I give will give it a
1: six out of ten, mostly for the porks.
0: Six out of, six out of ten for the porks. All right, that well, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I think I gave it on my prime review. I gave it like nine out of ten.
1: Nine.
0: I, I yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get. I mean, because for what all it right. is...
1: So average, seven and a half. Yeah, sure. So that's pretty good. That's yeah.
0: pretty good. Between us, that's pretty good. So there we go. Um, all right, anyway, I will see all of you on the other side. Woo! Thanks for being on, Stephanie.
1: Thanks for having me, Brian. Woo!